0: Welcome in to the best in paranormal podcasting. This is Darkness Radio. I'm your host, Tim Dennis. We have a very interesting show today, folks. I read a book that I'm not afraid to say it. You know, every once in a while, your boy Timmy's a little bit of a softie. This one made me laugh. It made me cry. Yes, it made me cry a couple of times. I'll admit, it did make me tear up a little bit. And it made me think quite a bit about... Not only the way we investigate the paranormal, uh, exactly why we're investigating the paranormal, and what's our end game in this whole thing. Our guest is Adam Barry. Uh, you know him as the executive producer and star of his own paranormal reality television show on the Travel Channel, uh, known as Kindred Spirits, and now in its seventh season, His other TV credits include Reunion in Hell, Haunted Salem Live, Kindred Spirits Resurrected, Paranormal Lockdown, Expedition Unknown, Search for the Afterlife, Ghost Hunters on Sci-Fi, Ghost Hunters Halloween Live, Ghost Hunters Academy, uh, Pickler and Ben, The Anderson Cooper Show, and Weekend Today, among others. After growing up in a haunted house and years of study and research, he founded his own paranormal research team with his husband, Ben Barry, in Provincetown, Massachusetts, And soon after his hobby became a career, he has traveled the country extensively, giving lectures in theaters and at conferences and conventions on paranormal investigation and supernatural phenomena. Uh, Yeah, Yeah, that's it. That's good. That's good. He's at, uh, <laughs> can I say that to you're a graduate of the Boston Conservatory? And, you and can, really, you and can, if you'd like. Build this up here, Adam. Okay, he's a boss, He's a graduate of the Boston Conservatory, and of course, he's our guest here today on Darkness Radio. Thank you so much for coming back, Adam. Uh, I was afraid I scared you to wait oh, the, the first No, time.
1: thank you. No, I appreciate it. You know, I hate hearing talking about me but you know you are talking about me so i gotta just like suck it up and deal with it but that's
0: a great intro i appreciate it well well thank you uh (laughs) i didn't write it uh we're we're talking today about (laughs) goodbye hello which is the name of the uh, new book and it comes out september 26th first of all damn it barry you made me cry
1: i'm sorry was it i mean i do listen i cried a couple of times writing the book uh and I'm gonna maybe guess it was either the pet Maria, yeah, that uh, yeah. section yeah, probably, that yeah. And then the um, the other section that made me tear up was the uh, well when I wrote it, it was my grandmother's dream visitation.
0: Yeah. yeah, that got me too because I was very close to my grandmother, and that yeah, that really got me. Yeah, mm. outwardly, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, listen, it's, uh, real life is hard sometimes and it's, you know, when you talk about it and when you are reading something that connects with you so deeply, Mm -hmm. uh, it brings back those memories, you know, and some of them are beautiful and some of them are not, uh, not so kind, but I think it makes us alive to have those experiences. So I appreciate, I appreciate you being emotionally available. For the read.
0: You know, and it's harder to get me than than most people. Most of the time, and I read two books a week. It's hard to get me. It really is. I I, I do tip my cap to you on that because normally it's I, I'm reading a lot of true crime and a lot of gory stuff and and things that normally should get you, you know. And mm-hmm. and yeah. I I don't mean to say to you that I've built up this huge callus and I'm an asshole by any means, but but uh you know there's a i i go through a lot of material in a year it's just that yeah. there was there was a lot there that got me about your book and and Thank I, you. I i just i really do have to tip my cap and this really is a book that i'm i'm recommending to a lot a lot of people um that they should go out and get uh, again it's it's available for pre-order we'll say this a lot during the program available for pre-order comes out September 26th uh, it's called goodbye hello Uh, Before we jump into talking about the book, uh, some of the theories in the book, which are astounding that I really want to get into. um, I want to congratulate you on yet another great hosting job at Michigan Paracon uh, with Match Game. Uh, Unfortunately, Match Game won't be coming back next year. It's family feud, and I can't wait to see what you're going to do with this. But people who don't get the experience of either or at Michigan Paracon, um, tell people a little bit about what it is they're they they're in for if they ever see this on the internet. I don't know how people if people are pirating it on the internet uh, and where the sense of humor comes from.
1: You know, uh, a I don't know. I don't know where it comes from. I think it's it could be a mixture of, uh, you know, trying. I don't know. I'm just a weird. I don't know. I don't know where the humor comes from. It just happens. I mean, I grew up being uh like an outgoing kid Mm -hmm. and i think that helps i think uh you know i overcompensate sometimes with humor to like uh make myself happier you know if i'm feeling a little down or depressed but if you come to michigan Paracon, you will see what a game show hosted by me match game uh is what we've been doing for a very long time i think seven or eight years now and um, it's debaucherous. Uh, if you've ever watched yes. Match Game, it's it's a contestant trying to match with the celebrity panel and the celebrity panel has consisted of, you know, it's always like, you know, Amy or jo- uh, John Tenney, Josh Gates. Uh, Bridget Marquardt did it. I think uh, Jack Osborne was on it this time. Mm-hmm. And uh, we, we've had Dave Schrader, uh, it just, just tons of people, uh, have been on the panel and it, you never know what you're going to get. Uh, I make, I write the questions up based on the match game, but they're a uh, dirty, it's a, we're a late night crowd here and it can get really dirty. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think last year, uh, Chelsea from, uh, project fear won the game, won the hearts of everyone because she kept writing balls down as an answer with <laughs> yes. even if it didn't match yeah. which kind of just made everyone you know laugh out loud and um i like it you know i like um what what somebody said it, oh jack said it uh like well what it, what is it like and i said basically it's like a drag queen i'm it's like i'm a drag queen hosting it out of drag right I, <laughs> I do those reads i have little digs we make jokes we banter back and forth and i think um it show it gets everyone a chance to sh- uh to show their personality that you're not going to see on television you're not going to see like on a podcast or on you know in a book um and i think it's really cool because it's like oh you guys can be funny you guys have personalities you're not just like gloom and doom um so but so next year uh ben came up with this he was like you should do adam's family feud and so we're going to do Uh, Family Feud style game, uh, but it's in a a paranormal way. So all the questions will be paranormal. And I will uh, be uh, sending out uh, surveys on the Internet so that people online can fill out the answers to the questions. And then the contestants will get to actually work with the celebrities to try to win, which I think will be fun. And uh, it'll still be dirty. They'll be dirty.
0: Of course it will. Perfect. Perfect. (laughs) Because, you know, and the other thing, again, I tip my cap to you about is the fact that even though there are drinks to try and ply these Paris open, y- you don't need it. I mean, you've, you've got no. them open within three questions. Um, not even three questions. The first question you've automatically with your personality, got them open. You've got them <laughs> smiling. You've got them joking. You got them thinking and it's hilarious the entire way, my friend. So you've, you've Thank done you. a, a wonderful job with I- that
1: listen you have no idea how it's it's it may look easy but by the end of that weekend we've been doing so many things Mm -hmm. and so we sort of have to dig really deep and find that extra bit of energy uh to to end out the night on a bang.
0: so i appreciate your kind words for sure well thank you um so here let's get into this book goodbye hello which, again, is is not only a, a touching book, but really will make you think. It's it's one of those things that I think as, and, and don't take these words wrong, Adam, uh, I think when people watch paranormal investigators on television, I think they think that there's a lot of flash, not a lot of substance. And I hmm. think if people think that, picking up this book, they've done you a disservice. Uh, there are some very deep thoughts about what it is that, we do when it comes to paranormal investigation i think it'll turn people on their ear when it comes to some of the theories out there in paranormal investigation first question i want to ask you is why now why write this book now
1: um well as you can tell i have a lot to say and (laughs) i don't like to keep my mouth shut too long (laughs) um but i think uh, most importantly the ideas and the topics in this book have been uh, sort of gestating, right? Meditating mm-hmm. for a number of years. And um, I think there's a lot of questions out there that need to be answered. And when I was thinking about all of these ideas and thoughts, I was like, you know, why don't I put it down on paper? Um, and what started happening was it became less about a ghost story book and more about how we can better understand our own mortality and the end of life scenario through what we know about ghosts um as you know on Kindred fears Amy and i are our whole goal is to help the living and the dead mm-hmm. and i think i wanted to write something that not only will entertain but also help people in a way um, whether you believe in ghosts or not i think there's something in here for everyone um and i think now that the paranormal genre in general has reached this precipice. There's like, I mean, it has reached a point. It has to evolve into something else. And I think the next evolution uh, in paranormal investigating and talking about ghosts is uh, what else is there? Like, what else can we discuss to help all of us better understand what ghosts actually are and who we're communicating with? Um, And so that's why now. and like i say in the book you know everything that i mentioned in that book is uh you know my feelings and thoughts now at this point in time Uh, and i wanted to get it out there because as you know what we do in the paranormal things change we evolve our thoughts evolve and who's to say i'm gonna i'll have different thoughts in five or ten years Mm -hmm. and maybe there'll be another book Uh, but i wanted to get it out now so that we have time to meditate on it and think about it and then grow from those ideas
0: this book shows an interesting evolution from the beginnings of even your very first experience to where you're at now, and it is an interesting evolution. I want to start at the very beginning. I know that you, you talk about your very first experience in, in what we assume is your first experience in Gettysburg, but it, it goes even deeper than that, doesn't it, that first experience?
1: Yeah. I mean, so I had always had experiences when I was a kid. But what sometimes you don't realize is the universe has different ideas about what you think your future is, Mm -hmm. whether you could plan all you want and you can be in the right place at the right time. But something sometimes happens and it diverts your entire course. And that is what Gettysburg was for me. I was on a specific path. I had a goal. I was like young and headstrong. And this is my my goal was uh to you know be in theater and 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 do Broadway and like it still is. I mean I love it more than anything. True. Um uh but it's but I think the universe needed to show me something in Gettysburg to open up something that was locked away. Um because growing up as a kid, I loved Ghost. I was fascinated about it. And and you, you'll read a little bit about it in the book. But you sort of lose sight of what you really are interested in and focus on other things. People have many interests. Mm-hmm. And I think Gettysburg, the experience I had was like a key that unlocked something that had been locked then been put away. And it pushed me off of this cliff to be like, okay, well, you've got to decide right here. And now, are you going to try to understand the experience or are you just going to brush it off and continue forward? And, and my whole entire being and body was like, no, 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 we're going to try to understand the experience. Um, so it was that kind of moment. And I try, you know, I try to explain it in the book as best I can, um, but everyone that's listening that has had a similar experience where you've had an experience with a ghost and it sort of changes your entire way of thinking. It's hard to describe. It's yeah. hard to describe. Uh, uh, and everybody knows what that feeling is,
0: you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I want to play a little game of what if with you, because okay. we, like you, like you mentioned, we, we have that that crux, that point, that fork in the road where we can take one direction or another. There's where fate takes you, and then there's where you try to steer yourself, even right. though fate is taking you in that direction. As you mentioned, you have this, this love of Broadway that'll never leave. It's in your blood. You have this, this right. knack for performing that you, you to this day you're still, you're still pursuing. Although this ghost road takes you and continues to steer you. And you have yeah. an immense amount of success with this ghost road, for lack of a better term. So let's just say, and we'll play What If with Adam Berry here for a moment. You continue yeah. to pursue Broadway. Now, through your talent alone, you could do immense things. I, I've seen you on stage. You're, you're incredibly talented. You, you have this, this aura about you that just kind of grabs people by the throat and drags you in. You have to see what it is this guy's going to do, right? So do you feel like if you take an alternate path here, Adam, do you feel like maybe you could have used some sort of stardom on Broadway to pull people in and then done the ghost thing? Could there have been an alternate path here for Adam Barry? Listen,
1: I think, I think there could have been a number of ways, a number of ways to get to where I'm sitting here today talking to you. I think the way that it happened was the way that it was supposed to happen. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think, you know, I think spiritually, uh, when, when we talk about ghosts and we talk about parental investigating, there's something that connects to you deeper than surface and deeper than your own thoughts. It is a soul connection. I think it's something that happens that changes your molecular structure. It's, it's weird. So I don't think I would have ever been the same, no matter what path I chose. I, I feel like I would have ended up here some way or another. And I'm glad I did it this way because If you, uh, if you are like, say for instance, I had went to Broadway and became a big star. Right. Mm -hmm. And then got into this, nobody would believe you. Nobody's going to believe you because they're like, Oh, he's just doing it because he's a star. Like he's just doing it for the money. He's just doing it for the thing. Um, and I think I had to approach it this way, A, because I didn't have a choice, but B, uh, like I, I started from nothing. Like I was so fascinated about what this was. I started my own team. I started investigating. I started looking into it just like anyone else. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't like I was given an extra boost. I just got lucky and was at the right place at the right time with the right ideas and thoughts. And, um, you know, speaking of like ghost hunters Academy, it just, I don't know how that happened. I have no idea how that happened, but I think what helped me is that I could talk on television. I have a voice and I can tell you what I think, but I also, had been doing it for a number of years before I got there. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think it was the other way around. It wouldn't have been been the same because uh, you know, in this field, all you have is your integrity. uh, And when people, when you lose your integrity, people stop listening to you. And I have, uh, and not that I think people should listen to me, but I have a lot to say and a lot of ideas. And I, I don't think those ideas would hit the same uh, if people don't respect you or believe in anything that you're doing.
0: You get to this point, and, and it's it's. You mention it in the book, and it's 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 a matter of fate versus being undeniable, and it starts with Ghost Hunters Academy. You, you mention mm-hmm. it in the book that the first time around in Ghost Hunters Academy, they kind of say, "Well, thanks, but no thanks. We we've seen what you have, and and you know we we like it, but not not this round." Yet you're still undeniable. And they bring you back for the second season and you win the entire damn thing.
1: Right. Yeah. The true. I mean, the, they, you know, they said not, we may bring you in. Like, so I basically I had applied like everyone else. I filled out the form online and a producer called me and we had a chat about my experiences. And I, you know, I was, it's the same. I told them the Gettysburg story. It's the same damn story. It's not changed. It's Mm -hmm. exactly how it was. And um, they just, you know, said you're, you're really great. You're really, you, you, you're, you're a nice person, but maybe we'll bring you in. We don't know. Um, and then for the second season, they said, we want you on the show. And it goes much, much deeper than that, too. And I didn't even it didn't make the book. It's a, There's a whole there's a whole thing that if over cocktails at Michigan Paracon, I'll tell you next year. Sure. Um, but there's a whole thing that goes into that. But I it, it gets even more strange than that. Like I was asked to be in it and then uh, I never got the pe- paperwork. And then all of a sudden they were like, you're not going to be in the second season. No. And then I was like, what? And then three days later, I got paperwork and they're like, oh, we don't know yet. And then literally I signed paperwork and was on an airplane the next morning and investigating Waverly Hills that night. So they said no to me twice and then brought me like by fate, I ended up being on. So, again, I didn't have a choice. It just happened in that way. And, you know, and even on the show, like. I loved being there. I loved being with Stephen Day, but it was very hard. It was a difficult experience to be a part of. Mm -hmm. And I said, you know what? I'm going to let go and let God, whatever's going to happen is going to happen. Yeah. And I'm going to be me and I'm going to do whatever I do normally. And if they like me, great. And if they don't like me, great, whatever it is. And it ended up working out, uh, again, bizarre, right place, right time. Sure. Uh, Preparation meets, uh, you know, uh, offer whatever they call it. Preparation meets um, opportunity, opportunity. Yep. G- yes. Uh, fate. Sure. I don't, I don't know, but I think it had to work out that way in order, in order for m- me to be where I am now, I guess, if that makes sense.
0: It makes sense. But then when you get there. You make the best of the opportunity. When you get there, you ask the questions. When you get there, you're pre- not, not just present. When you get there, you're asking questions, you're involved, you're hustling, you're doing what you need to do in order to excel, which right. is more than most people do when they get there. When they get there, they figure they've arrived. Well, I'm here, you know, that's, and I'm here, and that's more than half the battle, which is the wrong attitude to have, first of all. But you For get sure. there, and you excel.
1: Yeah, there were a lot of people. I mean, there were all the, everyone on that show to some degree, really wanted to be there, right? Mm-hmm. You know, and I think it, when it got down to the final three, like with Michelle Tate and Eric and and myself, you know, the three they could have picked any of those people. Like even Michelle, Michelle ended up being on Ghost Hunters mm-hmm. for a while, mm-hmm. um, and I love her to death. And so it's like they could have picked anyone, but for some reason they chose me. And I, you know, I love talking to Steve about it because he's in the book and you, he talks about that experience, but you know, he, he just knew, he was like, there was something about you that I really like just connected with as a person. And as like someone who's genuinely interested in what we're doing. And, um, I, I think if I were, if, uh, if it were any other circumstance, it may, maybe not have not it worked out. But I think, uh, I, yeah, yeah, I was ready to go. I was, in, I was intrigued, and I and I wanted to know more, and I still do. Yeah,
0: that's
1: what the book. Literally, that's what this book is. Half the battle was me doing an exploration into the things that I was really meditating over for the last thirteen years. You know, doing this full time.
0: Right. I'm going to ask you a question here in a, in a little bit. We're, we're coming up here in a few minutes against a break, so I don't want to get too deep into it. But one of the things that that you mentioned in the book is is that even though you're having a great time with Steve and Dave, it seems like there's still a little bit of a miss there. I mean, you're getting along great. You're having a fun time doing the investigations. This is really your life's work coming out, and and you're feeling a synergy there. But there's just a little something missing until you meet Amy. And Mm. then things click like this. Would you say it's your paranormal soulmate at that point? Yeah. I mean, here's the thing. We, we, I was given,
1: I was given a prize of being on ghost hunters, uh, six episodes. And I didn't even know that I, for some reason I didn't read the contract, I guess Mm -hmm. I didn't know it was only six episodes. And when I got onto ghost hunters, I was paired up with Amy and we clicked. It just seemed we had the same sensibilities. We had the same, outlook we liked the same things and we were able to be on the road for a very long time with each other and you know still have a friendship we today we still have a friendship Mm -hmm. and so i i think if it were anyone else it might not have been the same again uh it just happened to be the two of us and it we just happened to get along and we happened to like the same things and we happened to have the same sensibilities about what we were doing and it made sense again don't think we I had a choice in it I think it just it just happened the way the way it did and uh thank god for it right because we both had the same goal and we still do in a way and it's and it's still growing and continuing
0: to this day Mm -hmm. there's well I guess you know we can bring it up now um as you're investigating with TAPS we all have the the stereotypical investigation we see on TV. There's there's the if you if you're there, knock three times for us. Whatever there is, there's the lack of a better term, provoking. We'll call it what right. it is, right? And it seems like we're asking spirits to perform for us to to do what it is they do. When we look back on it now, Adam, it's a little cold. Let's it's just face yeah. it. It's 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 almost circus animalish to go into a location, ask these spirits to perform for us. And then we walk away. Mm. What is it that we're doing? You know, it's, it's poking the tiger, so to speak.
1: Yeah. And I think, I mean, I agree. I agree. And I, and I, I agree. I agree. I think there's more, I think there's more that we can be doing as a paranormal investigator, but do I think it's necessarily wrong for someone who may not be doing this for a while to go in and, ask those questions to have those experiences no Mm -hmm. because i think we all have to sort of start somewhere right and that's like the easiest place to start right it's just going to a place that's haunted. you've done it we've all done it we go to a place that's haunted we say you know if you're here can you get can you get our attention and we are shocked and odd when it happens right Mm -hmm. and so i think uh in that way it's okay. But I think we all have to evolve eventually into something else. Like there has to be another purpose for us doing this. And we all, I think each one of us reached that point on our own at different times. And uh, once you reach that point, there's no going back. It's, it's what else can I do to, to help? Um, what else can I do to further my thoughts
0: and theories? Where should that evolution begin? Because it seems to me like, there's still some, and I'm not pointing fingers at anybody. Don't get me wrong, but there's still investigators out there that will probably run up to you at a convention and say, Adam, Adam, look at this piece of evidence I got. Isn't this cool? Right. How do you feel in your heart when you see this piece of evidence and this really cool piece of evidence that somebody shows you, how do you feel in your heart? First of all, and second, what do you tell that investigator? Is there, is there some sort of conflict there with you? Uh,
1: I mean, here's the thing. When people come up to us and they're like, Can I show you a piece of evidence on video or, or photo? Especially photos.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: If they're like, I have a photo of a ghost, can I show it to you? The first thing that we always say is "If you, uh, do, you want, do you want my honest opinion? Mm-hmm. Cause if you don't want my honest opinion, I'm not gonna, I shouldn't, I shouldn't look at this photo and then they go, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, show me, tell me what it is. And so I can usually look at a photo cause I've only seen four photos and I'm like, that's crazy. Yeah. And so I can look at the photo and I can tell you exactly what it is lens flare or it's a reflection or it's dust or whatever. Um, and I'm going to be honest with them about it. Mm-hmm. Right. And then I'm going to encourage them to move beyond orbs, move beyond dust particles, move beyond these things that we know for a fact, even if you think, even if you think it's a ghost, there is a thousand reasons why it's not a ghost, right? Mm -hmm. And you can't ever present that as evidence of actual spirits, so don't bother with it anymore. Like, go reach for something deeper, reach for something deeper, ask deeper questions, use other equipment. and, I, and I'm and i honest with them about it. If they if they say, I want to show you a picture, I think it's my grandmother who's passed away. I'm going to look at that picture and I'm probably going to say, you know, I see what you see. I see exactly what you see. Okay. Because who am I to say that that's not their grandmother? I don't want to kill that for them. Yeah, They're holding on to grief. They're holding on to something that seems really important to them. And you know what? I do see what you see. That's interesting. And I'm going to let it go because it is not you know, if you're an investigator and you want to know the truth, great. But if you're just someone who thinks this is their loved one, I'm not going to kill that for them. And I think there's a balance that we all have to sort of navigate in those kind of
0: situations. Now I'm going to kind of expound on that question a little bit. And I want to talk about actual paranormal teams when they come up to you and, and, and ask you, um, you know, I, I have this great footage, I have this, I have that. Gosh, I really want to do what you do. Where do they make that evolutionary step? Because it seems to me that, and I hate to keep belaboring this point, Adam, but this is kind of what I'm trying to get at. And, and you've made that step, my friend. I, I'm afraid that other people haven't made this step. And that is to go beyond poking the bear, so to speak, or poking the tiger in the cage, it's the step between, okay, cool, you figured out there's something beyond this world, to, okay, now what are you going to do about it? Yeah. How do you encourage a paranormal team out there to go beyond, okay, so you found out there's something in this building, to, right. okay, now what are you going to do for that something that's in that building?
1: I mean, the, the one question I like to ask paranormal teams is, what is your purpose? Like, what is your team's purpose? If it's to have experiences, just to have experiences, great. Don't pretend like you're doing more than that then, right? Mm-hmm. Like, don't start going to houses and giving advice. Just have the experiences. But I I'd love and encourage teams to really write out what their mission statement is. If it is to verify a haunting, then what else? Yes, and. Okay, great. But what else are you going to do? Okay, then we're going to teach the homeowner not to be afraid of, of the activity. Okay, great. But how? Because they're just not going to understand it. Well, then you have to say, maybe we'll figure out who it is. We'll do research and figure out who that spirit is. Okay, great. But then what are you going to do? It's like, what else can you do? What is your next step? If you want to be one step, wonder, like a one step team, great. But don't pretend you're more than that. If you wanna evolve as a group and as a community, then you need to keep pushing your own boundaries and you need to keep exploring things that you don't understand and you need to keep asking the questions why. Um, and if you do that, you will eventually find your own purpose. You're, you'll find a team's purpose. You will, You. will. It, it will feel, to me, it will feel more intimate it'll it'll make it'll fulfill something that i think we all need it's like a purpose or or a goal uh and it's and it won't just be this mundane thing where you're just going in to have experiences because i i personally believe those days are gone not wrong to do it not wrong to do it it's you know why not let's we all want to have i i want to get scared sometimes you Mm -hmm. know Mm -hmm. um but then i have to ask myself okay well that was fun but like what else are we doing here who uh what else can we do
0: Now I'm going to ask you kind of a difficult question, and that's this. In your own evolution, in, in Amy, Amy's own evolution, uh, there had to come a point where you had to have kind of a come-to-Jesus meeting with the rest of the TAPS group. And that was you you came to the end of your contract and you had to figure out what it was that you two were going to do. Obviously, there was a little bit of burnout on on your end and it was time to come off the road. But also there was a little bit of a I guess a change in philosophy with the both of you. Did you ever have that sit down with with either Jay or Steve or anybody and just say, hey, you know what? I've had a change of philosophy and maybe I want to do things my way?
1: I mean, we we oh listen, so we were all we were all friends. Like we were already, we are still friends, right? So yeah, sure. Um we would talk about things all the time. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, you know, when you're on the road with that for as long as we were with all of those people you you can't really hide anything you know you talk about everything you go out you hang out you you know you're doing things with each other so we did you know there were times you know we would have conversations with like uh just with steve and and dave and and the team and it was just like you know this is great this is this is really wonderful but what else can we do? And, you know, we were working for a network. We were on a show. Yes, we were doing it the way that we wanted to do it. But there's, you know, parameters that you have to stick with. And there's money involved. Like we couldn't go out. Like I talk about the um, I don't know if I talk about it in the book, but there was a case where there we were investigating a courthouse and we contacted the. Gentlemen who built the architect, who built the building, right? Yeah, We were like, we want to go to Atlanta. We want to go to Atlanta. We want to go visit the archives. We want to bring back information. That's not going to happen. Like, it's too much money. I mean, like, how much money does that cost, right? Um, but we all, uh, I-, I think that was the joy of uh, being part of that team for so long with all of those people, it was like, we were a big family Mm -hmm. and we were able to have conversations and they saw it when they watched the episodes. I mean, they saw that Waverly Hills episode where the nurses were knocking, they got it. Right. And, and I think it's sort of, we kept incorporating that. We kept uh, growing with that idea. And so did they, I mean, they uh, you can't help, but grow as a family and as a team together. Um, uh, But then at the end, when it was time, it, It was just time it was time our contracts were up and you know we were doing lots of different things and it was very hard to be on the road and it was sad yeah like steve did not want us to go we were uh but it had to be done it had to be done so that we could evolve we could be like what is next and we spent two years uh not doing not pitching anything. Like people were like, oh, you went out and just pitched immediately. No, 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 no. No. We didn't at all. We had networks coming to us saying, well, what are you guys gonna do? What are you guys gonna do? We were like, ah, you know, and I know that sounds crazy, but we had just gotten off the road for so long. We didn't want to jump into something new. Um and then someone said the same thing that they said to Jay and and Grant when they started ghosting I was like if you don't do it, somebody else is gonna do it. Yeah. And we were like yeah, okay. 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 Cause we don't want it to be done the wrong way. Our whole methodology and like what we believe, like we want it to be seen.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and we were lucky that, uh, we found a network that believed in us and they, from day, we had one pitch meeting with them. It lasted, it was the last 10 minutes. It lasted an hour. And they said yes immediately. I mean, it was like, it 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 seemed again like we had no choice. It was like, oh yeah, right place, right time, opportunity. Yes, this is what we want to do. Yeah, we like that. Cool, let's do it. Which is unheard of. So uh I think we made the right choice. And then now, you know, and now like of course we see Steve Dave all the time and we still see Jay and, and Grant occasionally, and it's it's great to have the gang back
0: together. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And there, there's something to be said about, and I guess I'll leave it here and then we'll, we'll go to our break. Um, there's something to be said about the way Kindred Spirits puts together the story and the complete story that draws you in and, and really mm-hmm. completes the story. I think, I think for the viewer at home, I'd much rather see some sort of resolution with the spirit on the other side. Because as you point out so brilliantly in the book, Adam, that spirit is a person. And I think we mm. we lose sight of that, not only as investigators, but we lose sight of that as a, as an audience member, as watching that that television show, that it's not just the tiger in the cage that you're poking and trying to get a thrill out of. Uh, but it really is a person that you're dealing with. And to humanize that spirit is important. Mm.
1: Yeah, it is. I mean, I think the the biggest thing that we've done on Kindred specifically is to try to show the world that even though you might not understand what's happening in your home from a paranormal perspective, it's not as scary as you think. Yes, it can be frightening. (laughs) Yes, it is sometimes really terrifying. But if you always go back to that human humanistic element, if you go back to the point of it is a person that once lived, it was a mother, a father, a child, a son, a daughter, whatever, even if the activity is terrifying, you can go, okay, but why is it terrifying? Why are they doing these kind of things? And I think for kindred spirits, you know, A, we wanted to show a an investigation from start to finish that was like really heavy in research, and, and heavy in, in interviews, because without those things as a paranormal team, you aren't actually doing any work. Like you need to do that kind of work. Um, and Yeah. Kindred is a story. It is a has a beginning, middle and end. And sometimes the end isn't what I want. It's not what Amy wants. It's not what the viewer wants, but that's the end. And we're not going to pretend like it is anything other than that. It's like we don't know who it is, but we know what triggers the activity or we know who it is, but they refuse help. So the homeowners are gonna have to continue to work on it because we don't, you know, um, we, we are not here all the time. And I think the biggest thing that we always try to remember when we're doing a family case specifically is after we're done, we get to leave. Yeah. But that's their home. They are going to live there. So whatever we do, whatever we say, whatever information we give them, it's gotta be truthful, it has to be honest, it has to be sincere, it has to be gentle, and, it ha- and you can't you can't like sugarcoat anything, really, because they're going to see it on television. Right. Right. And you don't right. want them to be more afraid. Oh, they didn't tell me about that. Oh, God. Right. Right. So it, it, you have to be very delicate about the human emotions on both sides from the living and the dead.
0: Absolutely. When we come back, I want to talk a little bit about the other side, how how we interpret the other side works and how it may actually work. There's, there's some absolutely fascinating theories in here, Adam, that I kind of want to scratch the surface on. Of course, we're not going to spoil anything about the book, but we do want to talk a little bit about some of those theories and and some things that absolutely blew me away about this book that, again, I want to encourage people to go out and get. The book is called Goodbye, Hello, Processing Grief and Understanding Death Through the Paranormal. It's available right now for pre-order. It comes out on September 26th. Adam Berry is our guest and the author of that book. And again, folks, I encourage you to pre-order this book. You're going to be absolutely astounded by it. When we come back, we'll talk about the other side. What is our understanding of it? And what may actually be going on on that other side? Our guest Adam Berry, right here on the Best in Paranormal Podcasting. This is Darkness Radio. Welcome back to the Best in Paranormal Podcasting. This is Darkness Radio. I'm your host, Tim Dennis. Our guest is Adam Barry. He is, uh, well, you know him from Kindred Spirits, you know him from Ghost Hunters, but he is the author of the book Goodbye, Hello, Processing Grief and Understanding Death Through the Paranormal. It's for pre-order. Uh, it is released September 26th of this, well, of course, we're in September, so It's really September 26th. An absolutely fascinating book, folks. And yes, it did make me tear up. This old softy did tear up a couple of different places in this book. And uh, Adam so eloquently told you where uh, at the beginning of this program. Um, Adam, we we teased before the break, we were going to talk about the other side, how we understand a few things about it, or maybe we don't. I, I think we probably have less of a grip of what happens over there than we may actually think. One of the things, we're going to start a little little slow here. We're going to talk a little bit about, do we actually cross people over on this side? I know one of the things that I think we're really, really naive about, especially in paranormal investigations, is the paranormal team that trudges up and says, we're going to cross such and such spirit over. Look, this area... Adam is clean (laughs) and it is, it really is not. I think you, you probably know this, uh, for a fact, my friend, um, why do we think we're so powerful on this side of the veil that we can just tell a spirit to just go to the light and, and, and go with God? What, what is it about us that we think we're that powerful?
1: You know, I, I think it's, um, I think it's a lot of different things. I think, uh, I think some of it is from a really great, uh, place where someone wants to be helpful. They want to, uh, do something to help this spirit that they think is trapped. It's their belief that they're trapped and they, and they, they want to do some good, right. Mm-hmm. Um, and everybody hopefully wants to do some good. So I think from, and from one perspective, maybe it's, maybe it's that um i think uh, a a terrible perspective but possibly true is ego i think i think uh people think well i'm living and they're dead and i can control well yeah you can set boundaries as a living human being um but to say that you're just going to banish someone into the afterlife is uh really ag- aggressive and intense and um i think there's ways to uh coach quote-unquote coach spirits Mm -hmm. to maybe think about going on the other side. Uh, You know, for Kindred, it's it's we try to figure out what they need or want, right? And usually when we figure out what they need or want over time, the activity dissipates, and then eventually they're no longer in the space, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that's a way of crossing over, but I don't think we're actually being like, I'm going to now cross you over into the light. Like, I just don't think... It is possible. And I know that there are a lot of people listening to this. They're like, it is absolutely possible. It's absolutely possible. Well, cool. I'm glad you think that. But hopefully before you do that, but hopefully before you do that, you provide them something that they need or want because it is selfish of you not to do that. It 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 is a disservice because I think about if that were my grandmother, if that were my father, if that were me. I hope to God you're going to help me or figure out what I need and want before you just toss me aside. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, and again, I think a lot of people do it out, out of, out of just trying to help, but I, there's a conversation and a connection that needs to happen first in my opinion. This is all my opinion. Um,
0: before you can do that, you know, you know what i'm saying yeah well you put it eloquently in the book if 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 there's someone who's still on this plane or is an earthbound spirit the way we understand it and they're not wanting to go there's a reason they're not wanting to go maybe they were they were killed early and, and they wanted to watch over their family maybe they're afraid of judgment maybe they don't want to go because they're afraid that they're going to hell let's face it you know they right. think they're going to hell right. they don't want to move So, you know, there's there's motives for not wanting to move on. So what are you going to do to help them to convince Mm -hmm. them that you want to help them get to a better place? Maybe they don't think there's a better place right now.
1: And also uh, the the sheer audacity to think, you know what they're going through as a living person. Right. I mean, you can be the most amazing paranormal investigator or psychic or whatever you could be the best but you and you you are not dead even if you have a near death experience you are back on this earth right mm-hmm. you can talk about the experience that you had you can say i was in this place but you are not dead so how dare you no- think you know what they're going through right you don't even if you say i feel the energy of yes you do but like you still don't know what they're going through. And so it's better for us to listen and be a, it's funny. People call us ghost therapists sometimes. And that's mm-hmm. literally makes so much sense to me. Mm-hmm. It's you are going to, you should listen, take in what they've got to say, try to analyze it from your best perspective and give them the help that they need if you can do it. Right. Um, and, and the best way, and the literally the best way to do any of it is just listen
0: to them. Just listen to them, you know? Yeah.
1: And you can't listen to them if you're going to banish them to the other world.
0: Right. Yeah. You you can't tell somebody to go away then help them afterwards. It's, it's, no, you it's, can't. Yeah. That's that's wiping before you take a shit, for lack of a better term. Yeah. There you go.
1: Yeah. I mean. <laughs>
0: yeah. That's true. If you don't wipe
1: after, it can get really
0: messy. That can. That can. You get it trapped in your fur. Um, <laughs> Gross. Uh, yeah. This is a PG show. Yeah. Well, I just up the I just up the rating. That's fine. That's um, fine. Yeah. Uh, You you brought up a a subject that I want to transfer to naturally here, and this absolutely got my wheels turning, and it actually cost me a little bit of sleep uh, one night when I was reading the book, and that is the thought of near-death experiences and the fact that we all make potentially our own afterlife. Um, This one cost me a little bit of sleep, Adam, I'm not going to lie. This this yeah. one and and it has to do with a mutual friend of ours, John E. L. Tenney, and yeah. his his near death experience, which again I'll, I'll let people refer to the book and read it in your book, uh, Goodbye Hello. His near death experience was absolutely frightening. Mm.
1: It, mm-hmm. At least it is yeah. to me. I mean, here is the thing though. Uh, I mean spoiler alert. Go ahead. He yep. says he says eventually because I asked him what his afterlife is now, mm-hmm. right? Like if he were to die today, what would it be? And he would be like it, it, it's going to be more like the experience that I had, you know. Yeah. where I'm just connected to everything and everyone and you know. Um yeah, his near-death experience is terrifying, but I think it shows uh a couple of different things. I mean, it shows that, you know, our death experience, uh, the next journey can be very different for each individual person. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Cause you have people that you have, a, you have people that say, Oh, I saw someone, I, I was with them in heaven. Like I was with my family. And then, uh, you know, and then with John's, it was like a void of nothing. Um, and yeah, it, it should make you uh, listen. I don't want to scare you. But if we, if we were to say that that theory of choosing our own afterlife is true and it's based on like our belief, if we were to go with the idea that, you know, we can choose our own afterlife, whatever Mm -hmm. that may be, Mm -hmm. um, there's some positives to that, right? So if you believe in heaven and you think you're going to see your family and friends, like maybe that's the case, right? Yeah. Um, if you're an atheist and you believe in nothing, however, maybe it is nothing, right? Right. Um, I don't necessarily, um, I don't necessarily ascribe to either, either one, right? I I feel like our afterlife is another journey. That's what I think. Okay. And I think the next journey, if it's dark and void of emptiness, then that is where you start, right? That's your next journey's starting point. If your afterlife is full of family and friends and you're journeying on to the next thing, then that's the start of your next journey, right? Like that's it. Mm -hmm. Um, so yes, it can be scary. And the one thing to counteract that fear is to just make sure you're a nice person, you know, make sure you're doing what you want in this life, uh, that fulfills you spiritually, emotionally, mentally, uh, try not to be a dick. Like just don't be a dick, I mean, straight up, and I think I mean, I know you're not, but like I, <laughs> I think like people get lost- we can get lost, especially on the internet. It's very hard not to keep your mouth shut, it's and you know, I try to I try not to, but like it's very hard, um, but I think all of those things play into karmic timing, and you know maybe in that next life, that next journey, it is full of all your karma stuff that you did in this life and yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. It is. It, it can be terrifying. But again, it's all theory. So don't you worry too much.
0: But here is my worry, Adam. And here's the here's the scenario. It's not just Tenny's scenario. There's another scenario in the book, and that has to do with uh, one of the one of the cases on kindred spirits. And I think, you know, the one I'm talking about, the one with the mother and the daughter, where the daughter drinks yeah. the poison, and it was the Estes method between you and, and Amy, where you're connecting the mother and the daughter. The mother is in heaven. The daughter is earthborn, or earth earthbound. Um, and the mother is talking to the daughter. And, and while there's disappointment, there's also love there and they're connecting. And And she's letting her know that she loves her, but they're on two different planes. And here's, and i'm trying not to draw anything negative from it but but you see where i'm going here right adam oh yeah
1: and it's, i feel it
0: it's that even though in, in me being a loving caring person my thing is i want to keep my tribe together in the in the in the afterlife right i want all my friends and family around me i want i want us all to go to the same place and be one big happy family and hang out and you know i want one big michigan Paracon, right uh um, yeah but I don't want somebody to be trapped here if I, if we can all get to the same place, but, but reading that I'm seeing that we all don't go to the same place. If someone right. says I'm an atheist, maybe they end up bone soup in the ground and right. they don't come with me to that place. And that's, that's what concerns me.
1: I, I, I see exactly, I know exactly what you're feeling and what you're saying. And I, and I, would i would argue that um in in the ca- in that case of the mother and daughter right mm-hmm. the mother was still able to have that connection with the daughter okay. in a weird roundabout way we figured it out and she was able to have that connection that communication so it's not like she doesn't have her daughter in the afterlife but it's her daughter's fate choice circumstance that keeps her in this in this space okay um and i and i think that there are other moments in the book where we talk to people who, uh, you know, spirits and, and, um, those that visit us in dreams. And it's Mm -hmm. almost like, it's almost like it doesn't matter to a point, you know, it's, it's, you go and you experience, you, you go to the next journey and you're in your afterlife state. And it is so undescribable, in a in human language and words, it's visually undescribable. It is something that happens that is almost impo- it's impossible for us to imagine.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So yes, from a human standpoint, I can see the fear of not having what you want to have, like not having your friends there, not having this community there that you that you know. But the flip side is how do you know once you're there, if that's going to even matter, you know, yeah. it's it, how do you know, once you're on the other side and you're onto that next journey, it could be so breathtakingly, incredibly, undescribably wonderful that like a human thought is not, it, it just doesn't compute anymore. It's, uh, it almost like it doesn't, not necessarily so it doesn't matter, but it's so changed that, your human desires in that way aren't the same. I'm not talking about ghosts. I'm talking yeah. about you've gone. You have yeah. left this plane. You are not a ghost anymore. You're on to the next journey. Uh, ghosts are very different. Ghosts need something, want something, human connection experience. Right. But once you're there on the other side and you're not earthbound, I, I I can't, I mean, obviously we don't know. I can't say whether or not that those earthly things are going to matter. You know, it's, um, John Tenney says it best. He goes, he said, I don't want to be a ghost because the earth is made for the living. Yeah. You can, you can see, touch, taste, feel, love, hold hands. You have so many senses. And he was like, it's so sad. A spirit. Yeah. Maybe they can see us. They can hear us. They can move things, but they're not enjoying the earth as you should. Right. So, you know, once you vacate that and you've moved on to your next journey, uh, the earth, does, maybe the earth doesn't, maybe the earth doesn't matter. Maybe your human senses and all of that doesn't matter because you're so evolved and and, and expanded into the next life that you ha- you're having it. You have what you want and you are going on to the next journey. Fun story, we're not going to know until it actually happens. And so, yeah. and so all of this is theory. Um, but I would encourage you, yes, it is scary to think about, like, maybe possibly you won't have those people on the other side. But I would encourage you to think the opposite of that. Maybe you don't need it. Maybe it's not something that you need. And if it is something that you need, maybe you'll have it. Right. Yeah. Because right now you're speaking it into the universe. You're like, I want that. Yeah, true. You know, very true. So maybe that's what happens.
0: You bring up the different religions. Uh, Hinduism, I think you said was the oldest religion. Was it Hinduism or is it not Hinduism? It was. Um, uh, no, no, no. It was. Um, uh, it's an Eastern religion. Was the the oldest Buddhism? Buddhism. That's what it is. Yeah, Buddhism. Buddhism being the oldest. Yeah, I bring up a lot of different religion yeah, yep. things. Um and, and bringing up uh the, the different religions and in, in in the percentages of what's believed around the world. But reincarnation is one of the most believed um uh believed uh afterlifes in, in the mm-hmm. world. For lack of a better term, my brain is, is doing flip-flops right now, uh thinking of different <laughs> questions. Um let me ask you this, Adam. Do you do you believe in reincarnation do you believe in in the fact that in that afterlife that we you know if as we as we pass on from this life that we recycle much like a a nice bottle (laughs) that we we get we get thrown to the ether and that we come back eventually as as something else and 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 that um we come back with even though it's amnesia not remembering those other lives that we come back to relive it all again
1: i think um If you asked me this 15 years ago i'd probably say i don't know i'd probably be like i'm I'm not sure maybe no um today i do think it's a possibility i think it's i think it's in uh the fact that you know ashes to ashes dust to dust our body goes somewhere it's regurgitated into the earth it's made into something else right it we are we are moved constantly energy is always constantly moving and changing um energy and matter is never destroyed nor created we have to go somewhere um so i would lean towards yes more than i would no and i think uh when i said earlier your karmic uh energy that you produce in this life may influence your next existence right Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. you see someone uh you know not going through going through a terrible time in this life and they've got hardships and blah 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 You know, maybe they did something real bad in that last life, or maybe they were amazing in the last life, but they needed, uh, they had everything they needed and wanted. So maybe it's now a chance for their soul to learn something different in this life so that they can come back in the next life and be changed. Um, And in that sense, that the idea of a journey continuing, uh, us continuing to different journeys makes perfectly sense. Uh, you uh you leave this earth you leave this life you go on somewhere you journey you journey and then maybe you come back to something else and i think it's i think it's uh good that we don't really know our past lives i think it would i think it messed people up a yeah. lot <laughs> you know i think yeah. if you the the idea of knowing where you've already been i think is a it could be a problem because you'd be like ah, i was this in a past life so i deserve this you don't deserve anything right True. you've got to gain everything True. um but i'm so i'm fascinated by like children who are recounting things that make no sense like i was this person in world war ii mm-hmm. like this is my wife and it's all legit that is crazy to me um i had a psychic read it's in the book i think I but i had a psychic read my past lives like sure go ahead And the things that she was saying like made complete sense with me at the time, which was bizarre. And I was like, this is too weird to be, not be true. Um, uh, and in a way it is fun to think it's fun to think about having another life because you know, that even though this world that you see now won't be the same world that you're going to enter into, you continue. Mm-hmm. in some way we continue in some way. Um, and I think that can give someone hope, right? Yeah. How long it takes. I don't know whether you have to go on a journey first, maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, but I think there's some, there's something to it,
0: you know, do you feel like anyone in your life, whether it be Steve, Amy, your husband, Ben, your, your animals, anyone has been part of your soul family before in, in a past life? You know, I
1: Chip Coffee told me that Ben and I were. Yeah, Chip Coffee, God love him, said mm-hmm. that we were. I won't go into details, <laughs> okay. sure. but he said we were, and okay. I thought that was interesting. I think uh, there are connections that we make with people in this life that are undeniable, mm-hmm. and if that is some sort of cosmic way of saying that you've been with each other before, I think it makes sense. Um, I have friends that I call my soulmates in different ways, and uh yeah i think some of them have been around before with me i just don't have any i don't have any proof of it um i've met animals dogs specifically that are like that was your soul dog you were a human at some point like i don't understand you like i don't get you but you just know it's this weird thing yeah um so yeah i think it's possible um i think it's possible and i but again it's it's all like I don't know. You have to sort of have faith that it is possible and it can be. And hopefully it leads your life in a positive direction. Yeah. Right. Like yeah. whatever we believe or whatever we think, hopefully it's leading you into a positive outlook or a positive direction uh, rather than the other way, because that's not good. <laughs> right.
0: One of the other things I want to talk to you about uh, that's that's in the book, Goodbye, Hello, uh, which by the way, folks, uh, September 26th is when it comes out. You can pre-order right now. We have a link in the description of this program. Dream visitations. One of the things that I've had, and I didn't realize until I had read read your book, Adam, that it's not as common as as I've had them. I've had quite a few of them in my day. Actually, I think mm-hmm. I've I've had more than a handful of of dream visitations, and they tend to be with with relatives that have passed on. Uh as, as you've had, as you describe with your grandmother in the in the book. Um, I didn't realize they were they weren't as common as you said. I I mean, I've even had a a dream visitation with a a former colleague at work uh, who had a message Mm -hmm. to pass on to his wife. Um, Yeah, uh,
1: I think uh, yeah. I mean, I think what's interesting is uh, dream visitation. I say they're not as common as as they are, but it's only it's based on. the fact the simple fact that we don't talk about them as much Mm -hmm. as we should Mm -hmm. um i think if we were to talk about our dreams and these kind of visitations more often i think we might see that they are more common right sure um however uh they are life-changing those that are listening that know and they've had a dream like this it is a dream where you are in complete control you are not a driver in the dream You are seeing someone, it is visceral, it is, you can smell them, feel them, touch them. There is something happening between the two of you. Uh, And it's undeniable, Mm -hmm. undeniable. And I think when you're lucky enough to have those kind of dreams, it not only brings you closure, but I think it helps them on the other side. Um, There's a reason why they're doing it. There's a reason why they're coming through. Um, you know, I, I talk about my friend Yvette who had someone, one of her friends show up in her dream three different times and need to deliver a message. That's a wild dream. It's a wild dream. And like the information that she gathered from that dream that she would have never known because she wasn't there is so interesting to me. Um, and, uh, I'm gonna, I'll, I'll talk about this really very briefly. Like, I I think there was a reason why, He came to her specifically. I think she was open to it, open to the idea. I think you have to be sort of open to this, you know, uh idea that they can, or maybe you're open psychically or spiritually. Mm -hmm. Um, but she told me that story a long time ago and he ended up in the book and I changed his name uh to protect his family and and whatever. But Mm -hmm. when I was doing the audio recording for the book, because I read the audio for the book, which comes out on the twenty-sixth, the producer for the audio book did it in Boston. We had went like we're in the same circles, like graduated from the Berkeley. I went to Boston observatory, like it was seemed weird. And one day we finished and I said, uh, well, I wish you could do the next, the next few chapters because he wasn't available. And I said, because we get to this dream chapter and my friend Yvette had this dream and I started explaining to him what happened in the dream and I had changed his name and he looked me in the face and said his real name. Really? And I said, yeah that's him and he was like he was like that's that was my best friend and i was like what and he goes yeah he was like he was supposed to play my wedding two weeks after he died. Like he died. And then two weeks later I got married and he was supposed to play at my wedding. And he was like, he ran in different circles. So Yvette, he didn't know Yvette, but he knew Yvette's uh partner at the time. Oh, wow. And so he had different friends in different circles. And this guy's circle of friends had never had closure from this story until that moment. He went home and read the chapter, called me and said, I'm finishing this book with you because I need to like, because I need to finish this book out with you. Uh, had always thought uh, that what he told Yvette in that dream was true, but never had any confirmation. And all of his group of friends now will hear that story. And there is zero chance he would have picked up that book on a shelf if he wasn't the audio engineer for the audiobook. Wow! It, like, you, how many people record audiobooks? How many places are there to record audiobooks? Yep. There is zero mu- the, the chances of me sitting in that space with him telling him about his best friend's story, his dream visit- her dream visitation of his best friend, so that he can have closure and all of his other friends can have closure, blows my mind. And so I think there's something to it. I think there's something to it. I think there's things that happen in this world that we do not have any control or say over, and that is one of the examples. Like, again, that story I heard be- way before I was on, you know, Ac- Ghost Hunters Academy. And it just sits with you. And you're like, oh, yeah, I'm going to tell this story for this thing. And then all of a sudden, the people that need to know that information know that information. It's, it blows my mind. It blows my mind.
0: That's crazy that, that that message keeps reverberating to the people who need to know it. And, and it's, I, I have no words. I have no yeah, words. without choice. like It makes no sense
1: to me. This is a guy who owns a studio that does audiobook recordings and it just happens that i sat in his chair and read a part of my book that comes from someone that had a dream visitation about his best friend it doesn't make any sense to me it makes sense but it's exactly what needed to happen and in a way that that little that moment or whatever that was was set way before uh and, you know, my career on television, I even started just like was dropped in and it sort of like grew into this, whatever it was. It's wild. It's
0: wild. <laughs> that is wild. That is wild. One of the things that I, that I want to, I do, I, I have another tip of the cap for you as we, as we wrap up today, Adam, and that is your afterward of the book really is, is something special for people who are going through grief right now, or maybe dealing with, extended grief. And there's a difference. Um, The the difference is people who are dealing with grief currently, maybe dealing with a loved one they might have lost in the last year or two. And then you have people who deal with extended grief. And that's people who don't quite know how to get over the hump. Maybe they haven't uh, sought out professional help. Maybe they haven't. They just are in a weird space. I mean, I know people who have been grieving for 5-10 years and don't know how to let go and think Letting go is a betrayal, let's face it, because right. there are some people who think letting go of someone who's passed away is a betrayal of that person. Um, yeah. But you put it eloquently, my friend, in the afterword of of how to start to process that grief. And, and if anything, I just wanted to let people know that if, if you want a bit of inside information that will start to put you on that path <laughs> to letting go and starting to process that grief, this book is well worth the cost just for that afterward. So I just wanted thank to you. tip my cap to you on that as well.
1: Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It's uh, I, 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 the one thing I didn't want to do for this book was to instruct people on how to grieve um, because you can't really tell someone how to grieve. Uh, right. You, you can give them advice and guide them, but you can't say this is the way you should do it. Right. And I right. think we did a really good job of that. Um, the one thing also I wanted to make sure that people knew is like, it's okay to be sad. Mm -hmm. It's okay to be not okay. Right. Yeah. Um, and the ideas in this book, hopefully if you are stuck, will unlock something maybe you haven't thought of, maybe something that you had thought of in the past, but didn't know if anybody else thought the same way. Um, I think the book is universal. I think, We, as human beings, share a lot of commonalities in terms of grief and mourning and understanding someone's passing. But hopefully this gives you steps that you can use, ideas that you can take with you to move yourself to the next journey, the next step of your own journey. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, I find comfort in, in looking for ghosts. Uh, because I think it makes me closer to those that I might want to see again in the future, right? Whether they decide to come to me or not, it's up to them. Um, but I know that it's not the end. And I think if if you realize that it isn't the end, like they they can always be with you or they can always maybe hear you or they're helping you or, or with you or comforting you. And I, I think it gives you a little... Um, It gives you a different outlook on what you're dealing with. Uh, Grief never goes away or like the loss of someone never goes away. You just kind of learn to live with it. Mm -hmm. And this book can help people find different ways to live with that kind of uh, loss and sorrow.
0: Last question. So Adam Barry has his, his choice of the perfect afterlife. What does it entail?
1: You know, as well as I do. I can't talk about it because there's a chapter in the book. Remember there's a section in the book. Ah, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we talk about where someone, my friend Kate says it specifically. She's like, I'm, I don't want to tell you, I don't want to make that decision because what if what I say right now today ends up being what it is,
0: right? True.
1: And what if 15 years from now, I don't feel the same way.
0: No, that's true.
1: So, so what I would like, hopefully I want, uh, I mean, I don't know whatever it is. I hope it's nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I hope if I get to be, I mean, I think it'd be fun to be a ghost for a minute. You <laughs> know what I'm minute. saying? Just one minute. I want to be there for a minute to be a ghost. Cause mm-hmm. I don't mind scaring the shit out of people that please let me do it. <laughs> um, there must be vodka or some sort of like, I need coffee in the morning and I need vodka in the afternoon. Like, oh let's just be honest, right? Yeah. But that's only if I can have it and need it, right? And if I can't have any of those things, then I I sort of, I don't know. I, I hope it's nice and I can move on to the next chapter. And I, you know, it would be nice to see like my grandmother again and my, my little dog Maria and but you know i don't know what that's going to be for me and i and i don't want to put it in i don't want to sign on the dotted scroll like ursula the sea with Ursula, the sea witch. Cause I, you know, what if
0: you be careful what you wish for? Cause you just might get it. That's true. <laughs> That's true. Goodbye. Hello. Processing grief and understanding death through the paranormal is the name of the book. It is available right now for pre-order comes out September 26th. And we have a link in the description of this program, Adam Barry, I want to thank you so much for being on the program today.
1: Thank you for having me. And I appreciate you taking the time to read the book. Not once, but twice. Twice twice and and you are a softy at heart i got you And i listen i, I do yep. appreciate that it, it, it means a lot to me um that you connected with the material in that way and i hope others i hope others uh, do the same
0: i believe they will and again folks i want your uh, opinions and reviews on the book so does adam and and by all means read the book review the book and uh give it five stars
1: yeah, go up on that Amazon, wherever you get your books, Amazon, Barnes and Noble, wherever you buy your books, please, please, please give it a review and, and like those stars.
0: Absolutely. So thank you, Adam. We appreciate you having or uh, being on the show today. Thank you. Anytime. I again want to express my gratitude and thank Adam Berry so, so much for coming on the program today. The book Goodbye, Hello is available right now for pre order. It comes out September 26th in just a few days. And I encourage you to get the book. The book is more than just a biography of Adam's life. It really gets into some deep theories about the paranormal and will make you think. It really will give you a different perspective on what it is you're doing, not only when it comes to paranormal investigating, but the way you may think about your afterlife, which I I know when I sat down, I read it twice, folks. When I sat down and read the book, it, it got me thinking about, the way I look at my afterlife, and uh, all I can say is it—it uh, it changed a lot of things about the way I think about the the way that even I do the show now, which is is different. Uh, there's not a lot of things that make me think. I think we we kind of go through uh, we go through a lot of the motions at times when it comes to this paranormal field. and there's very few things that challenge us. I think we we get a lot of the same things, a lot of the same pablum that's spewed back at us when it comes to the paranormal, and and I really do believe Adam's come up with a book and a, a really retrospective book that will make you think, and I do encourage you to pick it up. Goodbye, Hello is uh, available right now for pre-order. We have a link in the description of this program, and I encourage you to pick it up and, and give it a, a read. It's a very good read at that. Uh, folks, we're coming up on the weekend, and we're coming up on fall. So again, want you to uh, we we encourage you here at the show to uh, again take care of yourself and each other. Get out there and see that there's uh, you're, you're taking care of people in your community that maybe are uh, elderly. Or infirm, maybe need some extra help around the house, uh, check in and see if maybe somebody needs some help with a a housing project or something like clearing leaves or or mowing a lawn or or maybe some help organizing some things in the house. Um, There's a lot of people that need help right now, just with simple things around the house as we're getting ready for uh, the fall season. So if you you can, just lend a helping hand and, and help make your community a little bit better, help make the world a little bit better. As it seems like uh, you know things are are still a little divisive out there in the world, so we could we could uh, do a little better to help one another. I wanted to bring up one thing before we leave you today. Uh, we lost a good friend in the paranormal this past week, and I hadn't mentioned anything on Wednesday's show because normally Wednesday's show is a little bit of a funnier show and Tuesday is more focused on true crime, but we really lost a good one when it came to Scott Grunewald. And I had mentioned some stuff on, on social media. I met Scott many, many years ago in the, in the paranormal. And Scott, if you, if you've never seen him on television was on paranormal paparazzi, uh, which was one of Zach Begin's shows that he had put out there, which also featured Aaron Sager's. And uh, that show was on quite a while ago, uh, almost 10 years ago, I believe. And Scott was uh, equal parts uh, humor, equal parts fearless, and will challenge you in different ways. Uh, He'll challenge your your sensibilities, he'll challenge your humor. uh, But at the most part, he was pure, uh, he was just pure love. He loved you no matter who you were. And I wanted to dedicate today's program to Scott, because I really do feel like he challenged everything about you, even when you didn't know you were being challenged. And he did everything with love. He did everything with humor. And uh, I guess for the most part, I know right now Scott's in a better place. He, He did have a lot of pain in his life, but he tackled every bit of that pain. And he did it while putting a smile on his face and yours. He, he took everything with a, a grain of salt, a little bit of humor, and then shared that love and humor and spread light everywhere. So I know you're in a better place right now, Scott. We love you. Everybody here at Darkness Radio loves you, and we appreciate everything that you did for us here on this program and for the paranormal field. I think we're all a little bit... Uh, in a darker place right now because you're not here with us, but we know that we'll be with you again someday, Scott. So we dedicate this program today to you. We'll miss you, my brother, and we'll see you soon. Uh, We love you, Scott. Thank you for everything that you've done. Folks, we'll see you again next week for another great week of Darkness Radio. We appreciate you and love you for being here with us each and every week. Uh, We continue to thank you for being here each and every week with us and making each and every week a great one. Uh, We just appreciate you taking the time to listen to the programs and uh, we appreciate your your feedback and even participating in the program, sending us your Parashare stories. And you can do that by either sending an email to Tim or clicking on that blue button at DarknessRadioShow.com and leaving a voice note. You get two minutes to do so. If you need additional time, just click that blue button again. I'll stitch it together and we'll play your voice note here on the show on Wednesdays. We'll play your Parashare stories here. Also, if you have an I Knew a Murderer story for True Crime Tuesday, you can send that to Tim at darknessradio.com as well for True Crime Tuesday. But we really do appreciate your feedback here on the show. Uh, We appreciate you listening here on the show, and you are a valued member of the Darkness Radio family. I don't use those words lightly. You're part of the family when you're here, listening to the show, participating, sending emails, or participating in the chat on social media we really do value you as part of this show. We really do appreciate you and thank you for being part of that family. We'll see you next week for more great shows and uh, and more great times here on the Best in Paranormal Podcasting. You've been listening to Darkness Ring.